What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the show today. I am super excited. I have Carlotta, who is a tax person. Now, you probably just started to tune out, but don't, because Carlotta makes taxes fun. Carlotta, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. Um, it, it's been a pleasure. I love taxes. I've been studying them since I was 14. So yes, I am the nerd, but I am not going to make this boring. I'm going to make it high energy and exciting for you guys. So if you are an entrepreneur, if you have your own business and you need your taxes done, because let's face it, we all stick our head in the sand when it comes to taxes, you need to talk to Carlotta. Carlotta, tell us a little bit of like the backstory. Where did you come from that you love taxes? Because I, most people, when they hear the word taxes, run the other way. Instead, you get excited. So tell us a little bit about how you got there. All right. So does, do you remember like the little booklets that used to come in the mail that would tell you how to prepare your taxes? Like your parents might have had them. Um, they were like, they said 1040 on it and it was the instruction booklet. Okay. Well, this little booklet came in the mail and it was laying on uh, the bar at my parents' house. And one day I walked in after school and I was like, what's this? And my dad's like, you should read that. And I was like, okay. And I started reading it. And then I started geeking out on it and I started getting excited. And I'm like, this is so cool. Like, this is what I want to do with my life. I, I love this stuff. This is so neat. I loved the money before. Like I, I was, oh, I was a worker. I, I had grown up in my family's business and this was just like, oh my gosh. So, um, I, at 14, I started studying tax law. At 18, I went into a big box, a big box um, accounting firm or whatever you want. It really, it's just a tax prep firm. And I, they were doing um, my boyfriend's taxes at the time. And they said, you know, this is your refund. And I was like, wait, I already did this because I wanted to see like how, if I knew what I was doing. So I'd already figured it out. And I was like, wait, I didn't get that number. Like I got more of a refund. I was like, what if you did this and changed that and did this, he would get more money back. And they were like, oh my gosh, you're so, they had, well, first they had to call the manager in because obviously this little person putting the information in on the computer had no clue what was going on. They were like, oh my gosh, that's right. Like, and this lady had been there for 25 years. And the one that was doing the return, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I can't wait to work for the IRS because these people are going down. Like, we're going to, like, this is ridiculous. Even they were going to bring up like $2,000. So anyways, I was like, this is ridiculous. They need more training. Um, but it, either way, um, they were like, you should come to work here. And I was like, really? Like, what does it take to come to work here? And they were like, oh, it's just this three-day class. I was like, three days? And I could be a tax professional? Oh my so anyways I become um I go to there I actually taught part of their class because the person teaching it had no clue and uh so I'm like I start working there so for a few years I worked there while I'm in college but all the time like I'm like oh my gosh I can't wait to work at the IRS because like these accountants they need you know that obviously I didn't know they weren't <laughs> just thought I thought everyone was an accountant right like I didn't realize only there was a difference at the time um so I applied right out of school um, and at, at the IRS because uh, I knew I wanted to work there. It took me two years to get on and um, in the between that time, because they don't hire, but like every 15 years or something in our area. Um, in between that time, I went into public accounting and then that day I got the call and I was like, oh my gosh, this is my lifelong dream and I finally get to interview. And so I went on the interview and I got the job and I was like, I'm never leaving this place. Okay. This is like the epitome of what I wanted to be. 
Well, it wasn't long and I started auditing business owners. And these were the very people I wanted to help. Remember, I was sitting in that accounting firm or whatever you want to call it, the tax firm, that time at 18. And I wanted to take those people out because they were screwing over the taxpayers by not telling them the things that they could do to make, to pay less tax, essentially. I mean, especially for entrepreneurs, right? Because we're the ones who are, we're bootstrapping everything. Exactly. Exactly. Like we are... Like we are the ones that are, that are making this economy run, run. Like we are the ones paying the taxes. We're the ones that are get, making employees have money to pay taxes on. Like entrepreneurs need to pay the least tax legally possible. And so I, 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 w- I wanted to work at the IRS so I could help business owners and help, I mean, that help people, right? So I thought that's what the IRS was. Honestly, I was an idiot, but I didn't know that. So I was like, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to make a change. Like I'm going into the IRS and like, I feel like I'm really going to make a difference. Hang on. I'm going to make a difference in the IRS. I love it. Please. I mean, you had to be like 21, 22. I'm going to make a difference. The IRS is going to be different because I am here. Yeah, that's that's actually exactly what I thought. Like I was like, I'm going to change the world. Okay. Or at least the U S like I really thought that could make that kind of difference, but it wasn't soon um, after that, you know, I, I, the IRS definitely has um, a place it's needed, right? Like I don't, I don't down them for that. Um, They just, they expect you when you start your business to hire an accountant, they don't give you, they don't say, Hey, Hey Carlotta, you just started a business. This is what we expect of you. No, they um, expect you to go hire an accountant and accountants for the most part are just trying to do as many returns as possible in the amount of time that they have. And so, uh, you know, they're trying to do thousands of returns and they don't have time to say, Hey, this is what you need to do. This is how you can save money. These are the strategies that you should do. I mean, they don't have time to do all of that because their systems are not set up for that. Their systems are set up for compliance, not to be helpful. Um, and so anyways, I went, I was, I went to work at the IRS. I audited small businesses. I ruined a lot of their lives. One day I was sitting across from um, one of my taxpayers and he said, Carla, when I started this business, I did everything I thought I was supposed to do. I went and heard the best accountant in town. I, you know, read up on some stuff. I thought I was doing all of this correctly. He said, you're about to give me a bill that is going to ruin my business. Okay, when you're, when you grow up in a business, a family of business owners, do you know how that feels? This guy had tears welling up in his eyes. I mean, I'm about to ruin his, his life and his business because he can't pay this bill. And I know how cash flow is in a business. It was like a 40 or $50,000 tax bill. That's a lot for a business owner that only makes a profit of 40 or 50,000 a year. Um, so those words stung and, and he looked at me and he said, the IRS should make it mandatory that you take a business tax course before you ever start a business. So uh, Carlotta had already felt like she was running lives every day. Um, so I went and started a ministry at night, helping business owners, um, helping them with taxes, uh, doing it totally for free just to help. Um, 
from there, I started thinking about this and I was like, I have to help. I have to help, but how do I help? Because at this point I knew there was no changing the IRS, but I didn't never wanted to leave there because I love right. my job. So um, then I went into uh, another audit. It was terrible. Um, a few years later, uh, it was an employee. He had gotten that stuff with the MLM that told him he could write off all this stuff. And uh, at the end of the day, he was going to have a $50,000 tax bill. And um, it, he made, as an employee, $40,000 a year. Okay, he was a blue-collar oh, person. It was terrible. It was terrible. And uh, I left before I could finish his audit. Um, so I say all of that to say, like, having a professional that cares and that can help you and that cares more about, like, that treats your, how much money you're paying um, as they would their own is so important. Um, that's probably well, the biggest thing I learned there. Iris. Well, so you left the IRS and you started your tax preparer. And I, I can imagine that there is a huge back, like everybody in the world, I, I know myself included, I'm like taxes, ah, like I, it's hard enough for me to add like two and two and two together and get any number at all. Like I just, I end up in like La La Land. I come up with an idea that I want to go do, right? I'm like, hey, let's go do this. I'll build a car. That, that doesn't answer the math problem. Um, <laughs> That's so what I, all I, entrepreneurs do. They just go like, they go act and then they're like, oh, but wait, I've got to do all this stuff. Yeah, exactly. They, a lot there, you wouldn't believe the number of entrepreneurs that actually go a long time without filing. Um, and then they get to the point, yeah, I've had people get on a call with me and they'll, they'll be suicidal because they're so sick. They cannot sleep because they're so scared. The IRS is going to put them in jail. And if that is you, please do not feel like that. That is not going to happen. Get on a call with me. I can call you in a matter of minutes. Um, that is not life. I mean, obviously you need to pay your taxes, but it's not that serious. Um, You're the tax that's serious. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've actually been called that before. Um, that yeah, you just, I mean, yes, it's serious and yes, you need to pay, but um, you can fix this. It's, it's some people feel like it's so bad. They can't fix it. And um it's That's scary. Crazy. I mean, the, the IRS is scary. Like, you, you, what do you see? Like, when you look at TVs, when you look at movies, when you look at all the stories, I don't think that it was created that way. I think the government, of course, they want you to pay your taxes because the right. government doesn't run if you don't. But I, I love the fact that you are passionate and excited. So take me through, you left the IRS, you started your business. What's happened since you started your business? So I started my business and um, I just wanted to serve people. My uh, quote is serve with all of your heart and you will always have an abundance. And I've lived by that every day. So I served and I served and I served and I served. And remember me saying this business started as ministry while I was still an agent and um, just morphed into a business. Once I left, see, I was not, I was not going to ever be a accounting firm. I was really going to build out that course that that guy said everyone needed and just educate because everyone needs education. But when I went to having accountants implement, they didn't want to implement. I've never found, I've not found another accountant that will implement like we do. And so that was, you know, heartbreaking for one. But secondly, I knew I had to start a business that would implement what I was teaching. Because if you can't find an accountant to implement the things that you need, that's, that's a problem. If their, their whole point is to just push out a tax return that's going to 
cost you money and it and it's there's no strategy there to save you or there's nothing there to make sure that it's correct that is a real problem and so i started my firm um but it started as ministry a couple of year, years before that so my first problem was i was terrible at charging people i just wanted to do everything for free because <laughs> i was like i just want to help everybody and i'll just do your stuff for free and your stuff for free i'd sit down here and help people with their turbo tax for free I just wanted to love on people and help them feel like there was hope. Um, but I learned really fast that I could not run a business that way, right? Like I was going to have to go back to the IRS, which at this point, like I was trying to make a difference. So I was kind of torn. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, it was, the first year was kind of scary. <laughs> that's, I mean, I see that all the time. I, I'm a monetization coach. I help people make money. That's my business. <laughs> And what you see all the time is people want to change the world. They want to have a huge impact, which is awesome. We all want to have impact. I want to have impact. Like that's what drives me every morning to get out of bed. But if you are not charging money, suddenly you're homeless. How much impact <laughs> can you have if you're stressed about putting food on the table? How much impact can you have when you can't take care of your own needs? It's it, it's become kind of cliche to say it, but when the airplane starts to have a problem and the mask falls from the ceiling, if you don't put your mask on first and take care of yourself first, how, how well can you take care of other people? The second thing is, I, I'm sure you, you probably have seen this, people love information, right? Mm -hmm. People love to hear how they can do things, but if they don't have a painful consequence to not doing it, they're not going to take action. So getting people to pay you money if you want to get in shape, if you want to lose weight, the number one thing that you can do is go hire an expensive personal trainer because you will take it seriously, you show up and you will get the results. You'll care about what you're eating because if you're, if you're spending a grand a month, thousand dollars a month on a personal trainer, you're going to count your calories. You're going to watch what you're eating. You're going to get into great shape. The same way when you want to take something seriously, you spend money. So I imagine that not only everybody wants your service. But the people who implement are the people who are willing to pay you. Exactly. Or the people that I implement for. So like every yeah. business owner needs me, right? Um, and that, it, and they do, but a lot of them can't, they feel like they can't afford me, right? So I, um, that was hard at first because I wanted to serve people, but I would take on anyone. And I was like, oh, everyone needs me. Even if you don't make any money, you need me, you know? And so then I got really specific on what we do. So we implement tax strategy, which means, and a tax strategy is something that is either a government credit that you uh, maximize to your benefit or a personal deduction that you turn into a business deduction, both of which are strategies. And so we will create a strategy plan, we'll implement those strategies for you. We also do all of your bookkeeping and your taxes. Now, do you have to be on a strategy plan to work with us? No, we can just do your bookkeeping and taxes, but we only work with business owners. That's one thing that I really, you know, had to focus on because every little old lady that would come in here that needed my help, I'd be like, oh, sure, sure, I'll help you. And then my uh, coach one day, my mentor, he was like, Carlotta, if you would take the bottom half of your clients, you could pay for them to go to H&R Block and get their taxes done. And it, you would make more money doing that than what you're doing right now. Because they take so much time because I want to help everyone. I want to serve everyone. I want to love on everyone. Um, so you cannot be like that. 
Uh, but I, so I only work with business owners. I only work with business owners who actually have a tax liability. Now, obviously some of you have a tax liability, but you have, you know, 47 kids. And so your tax liability, you can't fill it. (laughs) You work with a lot of Mormons, huh? Yeah. um, So, but if you have one or two kids, then you will have a credit. And so maybe you still get a refund, but it's not that much of a refund. Well, if you look at your tax bill, you still have paid $10,000 in taxes or $15,000 in taxes. But people in general, business owners or employees, they don't see how much they paid in or what their credits are. All they're looking at is what that dollar amount is that they're getting a refund for or a, um, or yeah, or they're going to have to owe. So um, that's what we do. So even if you're getting a $1,000 refund, you may still be paying $10,000 in taxes or $15,000 in taxes. That is where we come in to help you lower that so you can get a bigger refund or, uh, you know, so you can pay less. So. So, I mean, I think, I think what you're doing is hundred percent correct. You have to focus on your niche. You have to know the outcome that you're getting them and you have to, you have to focus like, and that your, your business mentor was correct. Like cut every business that I go into, if they're struggling to make money, but they have a lot of business, the easiest thing is to cut off the bottom third or find a way to move them up. Not to get, you don't need more leads at that point. If your schedule is full, you need to figure out a way to make more money from the clients that you have Mm -hmm. and offload some of your time. So I want to, I want to focus on one specific thing that you said, because I think this will help most of the entrepreneurs listening. I know more than half the entrepreneurs I know either don't file their taxes or they're multiple years behind, or there's all that stuff. And that's a huge huge pain point. So what would you say to them? If somebody's listening to this interview and they're like, Oh my God, that's me. I'm having all this anxiety right now. What would you say? Like, what, what are the steps? Like put their mind at ease, ease their anxiety a little bit and let them know what to expect if they were to come in and talk to you. Cause I think it's head in the sand. Like, okay, I'm already two years behind. Uh, screw it. I'm going to be three years behind. Yeah. And then they just, and then what's happening. So I see that all the time and business owners don't realize, or a lot of them do, by the time they talk to me, they've realized how much this is crippling their business. But if they aren't taught, if you haven't talked to an accountant yet, you would be surprised at how much of your brain space is actually scared to death of the IRS, you getting that letter or whatever. You may not think about it. You know, you may not think you think about it, but there's all these things like holding you back. Like, oh my gosh, I can't buy a house because I have a demo tax or I can't buy a car because I have a demo tax or what if the IRS catches me doing this? Like you're always, every every play you make is taunted by this fear that the IRS is going to catch you. So I would say do not do, like do something. Do not just sit and like keep it piling up and piling up because the IRS will catch you and then you will be in a mess um, do you know who Myron Golden is? Yeah. Yeah. Of okay. I think I'm I know his story. a little bit. So, you know, his story of he was, he got audited and his thing was like, I'm either going to pay the tax or I'm going to, um, just go and not make money for a year and do an offer and compromise. And he said that he, so he chose to do an offer and compromise and meaning. Explain what that is really quick. Like, so an offer and compromise is where you owe the IRS tons of money and you can do an offer um, 
for the tax you owe. So like maybe you offer $5,000 to pay off $100,000 in debt. Well, the IR, but the IRS makes you for, you have to, for a period of time, have not made any money. So his, you know, that's what he did. He just quit working. And, he, and he, then he did an offer and compromise. He thought that would be more beneficial. He's like, that's the worst mistake he ever made. That because he forgot when he became, you know, got into Russell's inner circle and all that, right before that was when he just did not make any money for a long time. And then he forgot how to make sales. Then he, you know, got in this depression phase. And so I would say, I would bite the bullet, get the number. That's one thing you like, a lot of you think the number is just compounding and you have no clue what it is. And if you would just get someone to do it for you, another thing is don't try to do it yourself. Like I'll get on a call with people and they'll be like, I'll get this together. And it'll be two years and I, they'll, they'll call me again. I still ain't done it, but they need me to make them feel better again. So it's like hit of a hit of dopamine or something to get them in momentum to feel like they're doing something, but they still haven't really done anything. So totally hand it off to someone else to do. Um, we can go through all of your books for those years, all of your tax returns, everything. We can do every single bit of it for you. And you don't like a lot of people are like, we don't have any receipts or we don't have this. We'll use bank statements. We'll, we'll get it done. So let me ask you, because I, I think the thing that's going through most listeners' mind, if they're three years behind, they're like, one, that number is going to be huge. Mm -hmm. Two, what are you going to charge me? Because the reason that I have been behind is because cash flow, especially in COVID, for a lot of businesses has been tight. So how much does it cost? It just, I mean, it really depends on how big your business is. Um, it's, it's, it just depends. I mean, it's like, I can't just give a price over, over sure, I, because, because you don't know, like I, I have one I'm doing right now. Um, it's three businesses over four years. Um, and, but they make, they make a lot of money now. The problem is usually this doesn't become a problem in people's minds till they're making money. Usually. I mean, like now they're like, Oh, now I got something to lose. That, oh, that's usually whenever I get the call, usually people are not calling me till they're like, now I got something to lose. Now I can lose my house. Now I can lose. They're not calling me whenever they're still making no money. They just aren't. Um, so I don't know how that would, you know, I, I know I get the call when people actually have, have started making money and they're like, okay, now yeah. I got to do something. And so now, and then they're like, okay, I, I don't care how much this costs. Just do it. I need um, so it, you know, it's, it's going to be expensive. And if you have no money and you have no money to fix it, like, then you're like, what do I do? So then you have to DIY. Well, then you're never going to get it done unless you take six months off and try to go through it all. So my, I guess the second question that I have is similar to Myron Golden or anyone who is, you're starting to, to see this build up. What, what happens if, if you have like a three-year business that you haven't paid taxes on and you do the number and it's 50, 60, $70,000, let's just say. Set up a payment plan. And then you can, you set up a payment plan. If you don't have any assets, you can try to do an offer and compromise um, and see, you know, what, what you could pay. Um, but you, there's always payment plans. I mean, guys, this isn't something that you have to pay tomorrow. And if you don't pay it, what are they going to do? If you don't have anything, they can't take anything. Um, you can do income-based repayment um, based on like how much you make. I mean, obviously, if you don't make that much, you can't pay that much. It's, it's not all about, the, they're not taking anything that you don't have. Well, I think um, that's, that's what people are scared of. They're like, if I, okay, I haven't paid in three years, I'm making 
let's say you make sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year in your business, the IRS is gonna take all my income. I'm just gonna keep heading my head, putting my head in the sand. Like what if they do a payment plan, what's the what kind of percentage do you think they're looking at? Just like so people aren't scared. Yeah, I mean I well, it depends on how much you're making, right? So, and how much your expenses are. The IRS goes through your income and expenses, but you obviously, they're not going to ask you to pay more than you can pay. So they're going to look at that. But I mean, it depends on how much you owe. If you owe $75,000 a year or $75,000, but you only make $20,000 after expenses, obviously you can't afford a $5,000 payment. But if you're living it up and you've got a big old house and you got nice cars and you got all this stuff, yeah, they're going to expect you to pay a lot because you do have the money. You're just choosing not to spend it on taxes. That is where, that's why entrepreneurs can't sleep at night because they're like, they're going to come take this house that I think I worked for. No, you didn't. You didn't earn that house because you got that house and didn't pay, no, didn't pay any taxes on it. So no, the rest of us are paying your taxes because you chose to spend your money on that, which is fine if you chose that. But they're gonna make you take a loan out and pay some of that on that um, house. So that house on your taxes, which you should, because you really have the money, you just chose not to spend it wisely. I, don't, um, I mean, I don't think a lot of, some entrepreneurs definitely, yes, that is the case. Probably, definitely not the majority. The majority are, they got behind, they didn't make any money, now they're starting to make money and they, they wanna get it fixed. That's really where most of them are. And they do know, like, one of the things is if you don't do tax strategy, then you're going to keep on paying those high rates because you're not even doing strategy to get your numbers lower. So that's a big problem I see in entrepreneurs. They start making all this money. They didn't set up their stuff correctly. I mean, um, they're now they're paying self-employment taxes on every dollar they make. And I mean, it's just, it becomes, um, it does become stressful, but- there's hope. You can get on a call. You can find out what you need to do. It's going to be separate. Everybody's situation is going to be different, but we can set you out a plan and say, okay, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to file. This is how much it would cost um, to do that. And so, yes. That's, is that, that's an if somebody's listening to this and they're like, cool, I just want to call. I want to get that figured out. One, where do they go? Two, do you charge for it? Is it free? What's the deal? I usually charge for it because I only, I, I mean, I don't charge for the call, but I charge for the service, obviously. I don't charge for it, but I don't let you, I don't do cleanup work like that unless you're going to do right going forward, which means you're on a forward package with me. You're trying to do right. You're not like try because what I'll see is a lot of entrepreneurs will come to me to clean up their stuff and then they'll ghost me because they are nervous, they get nervous or they're like, ah, oh, well, this, I really don't want to pay taxes. They think they can get away with it longer. So as long as you, um, are, do not call me unless you are like ready to do right going forward. If you're ready to do right going forward, we can help you so much and we can take that burden off of you. And, um, you're going to feel so much better when you get on a call. And so you go to carlottathompson.com. Um, you can put that link in, uh, you can click on a free console. It's free. I mean, just let me figure out where you're at, where you need to go. And um, if nothing else, it'll give you a hit of dopamine because you'll feel like you're in momentum. Um, even though you're, <laughs> unless you take action, you're not really in momentum, but a lot of entrepreneurs feel like they're taking action just by getting on the call. Um, but, which you are, but you, you need to take the next step too. 
So the link is in the show notes. If you guys are looking for it, if you're if you're thinking it's going to be some big crazy bill, it will not. Carlotta will take care of you and get you on the right path so you can sleep better at night and focus on what's important, which is growing your business. That's going to transition us into the next part of the conversation, which is actually you building your business. Because that's that's really as entrepreneurs, like we can learn so much from how other people built their business. I love the idea phase, I love brainstorming. So let's talk about, you left the IRS, you were doing this for free, you realized you had to charge people and make money. Did you just like go rent an office? Did you set up in your house? Let's talk about your journey as an entrepreneur. Like what what would what'd that look like? Yeah, it was so scary. <laughs> I'll just be honest, it was, it was terrifying at first, but um, the I started January 1st of 2018. I just started in my office and I just started serving people and just helping them and saying, Hey, I mean, I saw a post the other day and I was like, Hey, I'm accepted clients. Um, how'd you get people in? I think I did their stuff for like a hundred bucks and I went and like posted in some groups, um, online, like local. Now then I, because I was teaching, like I started talking about, you know, saving taxes and doing all this stuff, but just to pay the bills, I had to get some local clients that were just like 10, like just personal return. Um, and then I started, you know, I tax strategy was my thing. So I focused on tax strategy and I, like I can save people a lot of taxes with strategy. So I would do a strategy call um, and I would say, okay, this is how much I can save you. And um, then I would sell a package and it would be like monthly bookkeeping and tax prep and some other stuff included. And then I would actually implement the strategies. And so I would, you know, if they had, um, if they rented their home to their self from the business, I would do all the invoices and everything to make that happen. Cause entrepreneurs do not have time to do all the things to save money on taxes. They would just rather make more money. Um, and so that's what we've done is like, we, it's like tax savings on autopilot. We, do all the work for you to save the taxes. All you have to do is um, make the money. Do what, yeah, do what we tell you to do. Like, if we tell you to rent your home to yourself, that means you got to do do some calls in your home. Like, it's it's not hard. Um, but if we tell you to hire your kids, that means you have to put them in some ads. Like those things. But that's where we focus, and we save people a lot of money. And so we would save people. You know, whenever I was doing this, I. I would be like, I might save some, someone $100,000 in a year and I would charge like five or $600, okay? And so I was looking for like $2 an hour, really. Because um, it takes a lot of time on my part to save someone that much money. Um, obviously, that's a bigger business, right? That actually has to pay $100,000 in taxes. Um, but that's where I started. I just started doing it for free. Uh, the guy that I saved $100,000 for, actually, I don't even think I charged. I didn't charge him until he had, I'd been helping him for a year. Um, that is how I grew my whole business is serving people. And then they would refer me to other people and I would serve them. And then I would charge a little bit more and then, you know, the next person. So it's really referral based up until this point, all of my business has been based on referrals, um, which speaks volumes, but that's not a way to scale your business. So now we're getting into the marketing phase of the whole business and, um, running ads and stuff like that. But until, until this day, or until October 15th, it will have been, have been totally ran based on referrals. Hey, thanks for taking a moment to check out this episode of Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show helping you reach millions. Have you ever thought about building your own webinar or using public speaking to reach your ideal audience? 
Well, if you'd like my help with it, over the last several years, I have built more than 40 live events for clients just like you. In the last 18 months, I've helped 32 entrepreneurs build their webinar with over $5 million in cumulative sales. If you'd like to see how I can work with you, or if you'd be interested in having me speak at your event or be on your podcast, go to steven.coffee, that's S-T-E-V-E-N dot C-O-F-F-E-E, to book a short call with me and see how we can work together. All right, let's jump back to the episode. Nice. That is, I mean, that is the sign of you're doing something right. So I want to talk about some of the growth pains because we all have growing pains when our business grows. So you went from doing free free workshops to charging a little bit to getting referrals. And I'm picturing referrals coming in and you sitting in your office being like, Oh my goodness. And like we talked before the call, you were like, I hope my family just recognizes me because we're in the middle of tax season. So talk about like, how did your family handle this? Because I imagine when you worked at the IRS, you had normal hours. Yeah, it's family has, it's been really difficult. Um, I guess probably more difficult on me because I'm the mom and I'm supposed to be there for everything. Um, I work a lot of hours during some parts of the year. And I do that because my team only works 40 hours a week. I only allow them to work 40 hours a week because I remember how it was working in public accounting where you had to work 70 or 80 hours a week and you couldn't have a family. And so I work hard so they don't have to work hard. And um, that's, that's how it is. So we, we work, I take up all of the slack if there is any. And um that's what I do because I'm the business owner, right? It falls on my shoulders. So yeah, it was hard. It's hard for my kids like right now, like this morning, I work till 2.30 this morning. Um, and my, my, my baby boy, he's four now and he's like, mom, when are you coming home? Like, when are you going to not go to work all day? And it's heartbreaking, but it's definitely seasons. I would not go back to the IRS or any employment job for any amount of money because I do have freedom. If I want to go over there and lay down and take a nap, I can do that. No one can tell me what I can do and what I can't do. Um, it's just a joy of having freedom, but it, it's, it's been hard. Um, I'm not going to lie. And it's, but I've, I feel like I'm on the brink of like, I, I keep hiring people and hiring more people and hiring more people. And I feel like at some point, all these people I'm hiring are going to relieve me of all the things that, that I'm doing as well. So let's talk a little bit about hiring. One of the things I've had several discussions actually this week around how do you hire people? Are you, are you using, I know we talked about Alex Sharpen a little bit. Are you using the 4R document? Oh, for sure. I, I have never given Alex Sharpen a dime, but I listen to everything that man says. If he says it, it's gold because he is the one person that has changed my business the most as far as my mentor definitely is the reason why I'm still in business, but Alex Sharpen has fundamentally changed my business um, through every growth phase of my business. And the reason why is because of the processes and hiring people and all of that. So my first few hires, they were terrible. And that was before I got to the 4R, before I, before I created my 4R document. I was like, okay, I got to do this document because it was, they weren't terrible because they were terrible. They were terrible because I didn't know what the crap I was hiring them for. Like most entrepreneurs, they're like, I just need help. I'll take anyone. You've got to, you, you're a warm body. Like, come help me. Oh, my husband said you might be good at this. Come help me. And I had no idea like what to have them even do. I was like, I just need help. I'm drowning. Um, I want to jump in really quick because you said two really good things. If you're out there and you're like, I'm, I need to hire, I have these problems. The first thing is 
you are responsible for your employee's success. You said this so well. The people who say, oh, I hired so-and-so and they didn't work out, they, didn't, they weren't a hard worker, they didn't do a good job, that is your fault, not yeah. theirs. The minute, you, <laughs> the minute you own that responsibility, and you said it, right? I mean, the minute yeah. you own that responsibility, you will start hiring better people. It's on you to learn how to hire better. Mm -hmm. um, the second thing that you said was, entrepreneurs, we're like, I'm just gonna hire. And we look, we tend to look at our friends and our family. I know I've made this mistake, I've hired both. Um, because we wanna help them. We're usually giving them money anyway. <laughs> exactly. And we're like, okay, cool. You can handle support calls, you'll be great at it. Yeah. But in reality, they're horrible at it because they think you owe them favors. They right. think like, oh, I'm just, I, I'm gonna take that extra cup of coffee. I'm gonna be 20 minutes late today. I'm gonna check out early, you understand. And it puts you in a bind. So my two right. suggestions, first off, take responsibility for hiring correctly, mm -hmm. which we're gonna go through the four hour doc. I think that's worth talking about. And number two, don't hire friends and family. No matter how tempting it is, don't do it. And, and I say that, and we have a lot of friends and family in our, in our firm, but we wouldn't hire them just because they're friends or family. So we make them go through the same process. Um, and, and that's because they are like, my um, sister-in-law is my assistant. She's been my friend since she was like nine years old. Um, but she is the most loyal person to me because it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what I, but she's my personal assistant. So I can hire her for that because she, if I say, go pick up my kids, she goes and picks up my kids. If I say, go clean my house, she goes and cleans my house. If I say, make this call, she makes that call. I didn't hire her for an accounting role. If I would have hired her for an accounting role, no, she would not be a good fit. Um, my my brother-in-law, he is, is my husband's assistant and he does everything for him. Those people are the most, will always be your most loyal because they're your, well, usually they'll be your most loyal because they're your family. Um, and like, I know both of them are never leaving us, but I wouldn't, I would only, I would never hire them for a job that they weren't capable of. So I would say, and, and Alex talks about this, like you can hire family, but they have to go through the same process as everyone else. They have to hit those four R document thing. You know, they have to qualify and those positions that I hired those for, they qualify for those. Um, on the flip side, you like, I hired some people at the, in the beginning and I didn't know what they were going to do. I was just like, help me, help me, help me. I need help. And the first, but the thing I did best, and this is probably the best thing I did for my success was I hired quick. I hired, and I guess I could afford to do this because my husband was supporting our family. Like I didn't have to make money. So I started my business January 1st and I hired in March. And I'll tell you, I know I'm a Christian, so I'm just going to say this. I prayed and prayed and prayed for God to send me someone that was going to help my business. And um, I, that my first hire, uh, her name is Angela. She is our tax strategy manager now. I couldn't pay her much. She started for $15 an hour, okay? Like that's unheard of for an accountant. I know that. I felt terrible, but I wouldn't charge anything. And like to pay her $15 an hour was terrible. Um, like I, I felt bad, but she needed the money and I needed the help. So it was How, a good <laughs> How'd that interview go? I was like, I just need someone to help me. What, like, what do you do? I just need a bookkeeper. I hate QuickBooks. Can you help me? I mean, I'm an accountant and I can do general ledgers all day long and I am 
a master at it, but I don't like doing it. And so it's not that I don't know how to do it. I just don't like doing it. So that's what I did. I, the, that was one thing that I had to do every day. It was the thing I probably spent 50% of my time on. So I just said, here, I'll hire your QuickBooks. Ex she's a QuickBooks ex expert and she is an accountant. She has a master's in accounting. I mean, she's amazing. Who, what, what kind of person that has a master's in accounting will only work for $15? That's how I knew it was a match made in heaven. <laughs> now she makes a lot more than that. And she runs our business. She's my integrator. Um, she runs the whole business. I mean, as far as like running the employees and doing everything. But yeah. I did, I was just like desperate. I didn't have a four hour document. I was like, I ain't got much money and I need some money to make it do QuickBooks. And who would have thought that, uh, that she would have applied. Um, worked, and though. now do what? Yeah, I mean, it worked. She showed up. It worked. And now she runs the business and actually she lives in Washington. She's moving to Arkansas um, because we're growing this thing nationwide. Um, our, we have, our team is spread out all throughout the nation, but um, she's moving here so we can work, so she can be in the office and we can work closer together. That's awesome. She started out as a joke last week and then we sent it to her husband and her husband sent back house listings close to us. And I was like, oh my gosh, like he'd really do it. And then it all started from there. So um, yeah, we've, we're just moving fast. So let's dive into the 4R doc because I think a lot of the people listening are probably like, what is that? They're probably Googling it right now. <laughs> um, let's just walk through what the 4Rs are really quickly. Do you know off the top uh, of your head? I don't know off the top of my head. I know um, it's uh, resp roles, responsibilities. Uh, I don't know. Requirements. Requirements and, and uh, is Hang on, I'm going to pull it up. Most responsibility requirement. This is totally. That's terrible. It's okay. I have one. I can pull it up. Well, that's the thing. So, hang on. I'm pulling mine up. This is very impromptu, but I think it will be. I, think I have it, will it be... like outlined like specifically. People are always like, yes, I saw this is what you expect. What does this even mean? And I'm like, you'll know whenever you get on. Okay. <laughs> but I want it to be extremely clear. I'm going to mine right now. I so I have been playing around with this document and I hire I hire in the Philippines. My whole team is in the Philippines. Oh, I built this for hiring over there and it has worked like a charm. Alex's advice is great. If you are looking at growing or scaling your business, definitely check out Alex Sharpen Momentum Podcast. He is awesome. So the for our document is role, responsibility, results, and requirement. Results. That's the one. And this is so this is just a bullet list and you need to be as clear and concise as possible. The role is the overview of the position. Focus on summarizing the tasks. The responsibilities are the essential tasks in performing the roles in a bullet point list. Keep it as concise as possible. Results are the respect, res, eh, expected outcomes. Think about the consequences of not performing this job functions. And then the requirements are the expected proficiencies. These are the things that they either have or they do not have. Yep. That's it. When you it write this out. It's easy to do. And if you have the results, then you can put that, like, you know what you want them to achieve. You can put that into, um, oh my gosh, I just flipped my mind what it's called. Bruno, what's that thing that you do? The, the, um, oh, it's like comparing what they did, like how much percentage yeah. did they complete? 
Yeah, I mean, it would be an employee review. This is what you're expected to do. This is what you actually did. Yeah, we just call it something different, like a board or something, game results. I don't know what we call it. But I mean, it's cut and dry. It's not, it, this, that result that you're talking about is not emotion-based. It's, you were supposed to do this. Did yeah. you or did you not complete it? That way, there's no, there's no hard feelings. When I, I used to manage 300 people, and when we would sit down and have that discussion, it was, you did this or you did not. There's no black or there it's black or white. There's no gray area. Yeah. We call um, it the scorecard. So our assistant like goes in. So we have everything on Monday, like everything they're supposed to do. And our assistant goes in every deadline and says, okay, this is your score. This is what percentage you made. And if you don't do it, like that's what our bonuses are based on. Everybody has a flat rate of what they get paid. Um, and then if they meet their, if they do well on their scorecard, that goes into their, um, annual bonus. And so it's kind of cool. I mean, it's not emotion based or anything. You either did it or you didn't do it. So let's talk, let's talk about hiring a little bit more. I know you said you had some bad hires and you had some good hires. Yeah. What did you do with bad hires? Cause I think that is every entrepreneur's fear. Uh -huh. when they start, <laughs> though they start researching, they're like, I got to hire, I got to hire. And then they either hire too quickly and hire somebody that's a bad fit or they don't hire at all. And it, it shoestrings them and they can't end up growing their business. So what, let's talk about the bad hires. How'd you handle them? Oh my gosh. I, I have a story of this young girl I hired one time and she was just got, getting her degree and she was my husband's friend. And he was like, she's real, she, she was in nursing school and she's really good at project management. <laughs> so I was like, I need a project manager. I'm overwhelmed. Like surely she can solve all these problems for me. Cause that's terrible. Um, and I hired her and she was like, what do you want me to do? And I'm like, I don't even know. Project manage, like, go. Yeah, I'm like, go project manage something. And she's like, <laughs> what does that mean? And I'm like, uh, can you just come to the office? Cause I don't even know. And she's like, cause I was like, oh, maybe you should get to work virtual. I don't know. Then I had her like review this document. And then I, she, I was like, look, I'm sorry, this isn't working. I don't even know what I want you to do. And I'm like, she was like, it's okay. I understand. Like, I don't, it was just so weird, but I had given this girl a, like a really good job after accounting school as an accountant. She didn't even know how to do accounting. Like I, I felt terrible. Um, so don't do it. I like, you have to know what you're hiring for. If you don't even know what they're going to do whenever you hire them. Like, yeah. so now we're, we're like, you have to have five years of experience. You have to be an EA or CPA. You have to, you have to have all these things. So whenever I hire you, I can do like I'm doing right now. I hired a girl last week. She has been working. She has been chargeable and working ever since she started. It's, I don't have time to give you six months to learn how to do the job. I need you to be able to get going and help us as the day you get hired. And so, so that's really what we did. What would you tell somebody who is sitting there and they're like, I just need help. My pants are on fire. I need help right now what would be the one thing that you would tell them to do when they're hiring? Cause that's, that is a huge pain point that I think all entrepreneurs go through when they're at that, like they're making enough money that there's a huge amount of pressure on them. They're doing enough clients or enough sales, whatever it is. And they're like, ah. well, that's the first, like I said, the first thing I did was hire and I couldn't afford it, but I hired anyway. Cause I know that that, that is the quickest way to make money in your business is to have more of you. Now, yeah. 
Now, um, the, uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to the, what I want to say about that in a second because I was so the entrepreneur that it was like, nobody can do what I do. Wait, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so I would say what, what I knew is how much time I spent on each thing. So I know as an accounting firm, like 50% of my time was spent on stupid bookkeeping. And when I say stupid, like I despise bookkeeping. I love the numbers. I love the strategy. I love to go through the bookkeeping, but the actual part of like putting in every little piece, the, the entry part, I don't enjoy that. Angela loves it. She loves it. She could sit and do it all day long. And I'm like, oh my, that is terrible. So you just need the person that loves to do what you hate to do. And that way y'all can come together and form a better team. So you're not going to be able to outsource everything, right? Like I, I only outsourced that one part. All she could do is bookkeeping, okay? So she couldn't do sales calls, but that's another thing that new entrepreneurs do. They try to like have their per people do all of those things. They're just like, here, just do all this. That ain't how you, that you cannot do that. So I still had to do sales calls. I still had to do all the taxes. I still had to do all the tax strategy. I still had to do everything except that one thing I gave her. So I would say make your list of all the things that you have to do and figure out what you want to hand off to someone else and then make your for our document app based on that. You know, find someone that can do all of that or a lot of that. Obviously, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, they make this mistake of like trying to find this unicorn that can do all these 75,000 things. Let's get real. You only know how to do all that because you're an entrepreneur and you had to bootstrap your way and you had to learn all the things like Facebook ads and how to grow a group and social media marketing and bookkeeping and like you're not going to find someone else that knows how to do all that unless they're an entrepreneur and then you don't want to hire them that's another mistake i made was hiring entrepreneurs i don't hire entrepreneurs anymore if you want to be an entrepreneur you can't work for me because you've been trying to steal all my stuff and not only that <laughs> you are so focused on your own business that you don't want to help me in mine which is great like but you don't want to hire people that are also entrepreneurs um because it will backfire on you so I think you're, I mean, you hit, you hit on so many points. I'm glad you brought up, like, I know the first time I hired, I literally went out and I was like, I need the unicorn. I need the unicorn. I need the unicorn. But the truth is, here's, here's how I tell people to hire now when I have this discussion. I'm like, make a list of everything that you do in your business. Like, let's just take 15 minutes with brainstorming. Now I want you to rank them one to whatever number it is, one to 10, one to 20 which ones are you best at and which ones are you worst at and start hiring for the ones you're worst at because that's don't focus on building your weaknesses focus on building your strengths that's how you grow your business the fastest look at what your week is at you did that bookkeeping i hate doing it i don't want to do it screw that i'm hiring and it and for me it's probably actually one of my biggest strengths but i just don't like doing it well that's so that's another thing like if you hate it don't, don't do it yeah don't hire it out as an entrepreneur, you have to learn, like you, one, another thing I'll say is don't outsource something until you know how to do it. Because if you do, you, I see this all the time with my clients, they'll outsource Facebook ads and they have no freaking clue what the, they even got or whatever. And they're just they're paying 5k a month for nothing. Exactly. And I'm like, do you even know what Facebook, like, do you even know what results you're supposed to get? Like, are you just throwing money into the wind? They're like, well, I don't know how to do them. Figure it out. That's what this what's just that you don't have to figure it out. This is like we're we're gonna go down a little bit of a rabbit <laughs> hole. You don't have to figure it out 
to the point that you're a rock star at it. You have to figure it out so that you are, are you have to figure out the minimal viable bit. So for Facebook ads specifically, just learn how to use Facebook ads manager and learn what a good cost per click is for your industry. This will take you three or four days. Study some YouTube videos, dive in. I know it's painful, but you're an entrepreneur. Figure that crap out. Like that's what we do. We solve difficult problems. Exactly, because exactly. Otherwise you are, I, I had a client last week spending 5K a month for a Facebook ads agency. His ad budget was $800. Oh. So he's spending $5,800 a month. How many leads are you getting for $800? And he was like, well, that's what they told me it cost. It, 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 I went in, I, I won't disclose too much. I went in and looked at his ads account. They had two ads running for him with one creative per ad. Anyone who knows Facebook ads knows that that's about a $500 a month thing, if anything. He could have been doing it himself. We, we, we had the conversation. Anyway, I want to get out of Facebook ads. Yeah, but I'm just using that as an example yeah. because it's like one of those things that a lot of people overspend. They don't know anything about it. Um, just like accounting. Like I have the tax course because every single person has to learn what they can deduct. If you don't know what you can deduct, I, how am I supposed to help you save the most tax? Because you don't even, I'm not even seeing everything, right? I'm only seeing what you put through the business. So you're leaving off all the things that you could do that, that I don't even know you do because I don't, I don't, I'm not with you. I'm not with you at the store. I'm not with you whenever you go somewhere. So that's one of the things that um, I say, go through the tax course. You don't, it doesn't take you long to go through it, but you will save so much money over the life of your business that you will never, that you did, don't even know that you would have saved just because now you know how, how to look at things instead of always doubting yourself. Like, uh, I can't write those earphones off. I don't wear, don't use them all the time for business or I can't work. I can't write that off. Like people, um, inherently with the IRS, they're always like, Oh, am I getting trouble for that? Like, no, like every time I go to the store, I look at my buddy and I say, what is this? Am I going to use for business? Primarily I'm putting it in a separate card and then I'm going to write it off. Excuse me. So, so that's what I would say is, you know, figure out a little bit about every step and that way you can outsource it. So I want to like kind of bring this full circle. What does the next six months to a year hold for you? What are you doing to grow? Uh, what does that look like? Your eyes got all bright and shiny. So let's, let's hear about it. So my quote, and I say this all the time, serve with all of your heart and you will always have an abundance. And I started my business from serving. I still serve all the time and I get on and I do calls for free and all of that. So that has created my business that has been totally referral based until now, actually till October 15th. And October 15th, we are launching um, the ads, the joint venture partnerships, the low ticket offer, all the amazingness that comes with having um a business online. And so I'm really excited to see how it all goes. I've never done any of this. So I'm launching it all at the same time. Cause I'm just like, I just want to like have a big bang. Um, because I know every, every business owner that I, that doesn't know who I am is losing money right now. Like I know that you have to, if you don't know me, you're paying too much in taxes. And, um, because that's I have a good, 
That's your catchphrase right there. That should just be on your business card. <laughs> you don't know me. You're paying too much. And, and it's true. I've never have seen another accountant that does what we do. I've never seen another accountant that cares like I, like I do. Um, and that's really what it takes. It takes someone that does the strategy. It takes someone that cares and it takes someone that has processes. If they don't have a process around saving you money, then you will pay too much. I mean, I don't know of any other firm that's built like that. So we are uh, gearing up because I'm going to be the category queen of tax strategy in the United States. Um, because that is what you, that's like, it does, it, I, money doesn't matter to me. I live in a shack. <laughs> I'm just saying like, I, I, I don't care about the money. What I care about is the impact. And if I can help you save money, then you can further the impact of whatever you care about. So if it's Operation Underground Railroad or your church or, you know, saving kids in Africa, like you can further the mission that you have if I can save you tax dollars. And so that's what it's all about for me. Um, but I know like if, if I don't do the, I'm doing you a disservice if you don't know who I am. I love it. On that note, we are going to wrap this up. Carlotta, I know you gave out your tax, uh, your website earlier, but how can people get a hold of you and give us a little preview of the low ticket offer? Because I think people <laughs> want that. This will, this will come out. Um, this will be, I think a lot of people are going to pay attention. So where do they go to get the low ticket offer? What is it? <laughs> well, we don't have a website, though yet, but it'll be on CarlottaThompson.com. Um, it is, the low ticket offer is going to launch Black Friday. And it is all about the profit. It's, it's, I, I can't tell you the name. I guess that's definitely a secret for now. Um, but it is, a, it's gamifying this whole thing. And it's like a game that will Making take taxes you. fun. Yeah, it makes taxes fun. And it's gamifying you to get to the million dollars um, in profit. So that's a big deal. Um, it's easier to get to a million dollars in sales than a million dollars in profit. So we're gamifying that whole process to make the money, protect the money, and then invest the money um, is really where we're focused on because we don't want you just to focus on taxes. Actually, we want you to grow your wealth and uh, be financially free and, you know, just do all the things. So CarlottaThompson.com and you can find me on Facebook. Carlotta Thompson is my personal profile. Yes, I do business on my personal profile. And then uh, my business is Carla Thompson Tax Strategist. So I look forward to meeting with all you guys. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. And this has been an amazing talk with you. Awesome. Carlotta, thank you so much. Everyone who's listening, tune in next time. Until then, take action, change lives, and make money. I will see you soon. Are you looking to scale your business, but trying to figure out how to get your message across? Well, go to storyselling.how to grab my free course that will show you how to discover everything that you need to build your business through stories. These stories work, whether it's in social media, email, or public speaking, there are five core stories that you'll learn. You'll be able to use all of them by the time you're done with this course. Again, that is storyselling.how. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to tune in next time.